This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, most of our audience can remember when the prospect of this country breaking apart was a serious threat. That threat has been laid to rest, at least for now. Last night, we saw an historic election in Quebec. Sovereignty, separatism was not a factor. One Federalist Party replaced another. The CAC, Coalition Avenir Québec, a right-wing populist party, won a decisive majority government, defeating the governor, the governing liberals. The Bloc Québécois even lost its official party status. Do you remember the last referendum where the no side just squeaked by? Do you remember when Quebec dominated federal politics because the idea was to try to stop the separatists? I remember it well, uh, like many people who now live in Toronto. I grew up in Montreal and uh, moved here because I figured there wasn't much of a future for me there. Tens of thousands of Torontonians like that. I want to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. But first we go to Anthony Koch, political commentator in Montreal, and Hugo Seguin, senior consultant with cop to com He was chief of staff to Quebec's Minister of the Environment for the PQ and has worked with the Bloc Québécois with Lucien Bouchard. Welcome to you both. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Okay, so uh, let's start with you, Hugo. Um, the take that I and many other people have here is that uh, sovereignty, separatism was not a factor at all in this election and is for the moment a non-issue. That's correct. I would say that sovereignty has, has not played a role in this election. And it was uh, the first time it, uh, it, it, it was not the decisive factor to explain uh, what happened last night. Uh-huh. And why is that? Is it a generational thing or what? It, it might be a general thing, uh, a generational thing. Uh, if you look at uh, polling, for example, uh, you, you, you see, um, you see uh, young people, young Quebecers, looking at other issues as their primary, let's say, areas of interest. The environment is very big for, for younger generations, for example, um, identity has played a role in this election. Uh, uh, immigration policy, as well, has been uh, um, has been the focus of, of some of the exchanges and the debates. But sovereignty uh, hadn't played a role. Uh, not to say that it won't come back. Who knows? Uh, but for now, it seems that to be the, um, a subject that nobody is kind of. I won't say nobody. We can come back to that later. But that hasn't played a key role in this election, that's for sure. Anthony, do you agree with that? Absolutely, and I think that's what's so great about it. I said this earlier today on another show, is that this was probably the first election in almost 50 years since 1976 that 
referend- that the referendum or the question of Quebec's secession from the rest of Canada was not the primary focus. I mean, if you look at the Quebec Liberal Party, for example, it, it doesn't really have any semblance of ideological consistency. And for a while, even with the Parti Québécois, what reunified their respective coalitions was their position on whether or not Quebec should leave. So I think you're going to see a massive realignment in Quebec politics moving forward. Now, like... like um, uh, my, my fellow commentator was making before is that you see now people are starting to debate other issues. We're starting to talk about the environment. We're starting to talk about economics, immigration. And not to say that those weren't discussed in the past, but they always played second fiddle to the primary question, which was, do we want to stay in Canada or not? So I think what we're going to see is Quebec is going to, is going to become much more similar to other jurisdictions across the world and in Canada, where you're going to have left-wing parties and right-wing parties, and we're going to debate issues like health care, and the economy and immigration without that overwhelming pressure to take a position on the question that has defined our province in the last half century. Uh, just to give people some perspective, so uh, the Liberals and the Parti Québécois were the two governing parties for the last 50 years. The Liberals lost more than half their seats, dropping from 68 to 32, and the PQ lost its official party status, winning only nine Seats. I mean, it's it's really quite incredible. Hugo, it is. It is. Uh, but it has. We we saw this coming. Uh, this this slow um, downward trend for the PQ. We've seen that with the Bloc Québécois as well. Um, uh, slowly but surely, uh, um, the um, uh, the polling were, ba- were were getting worse and worse. And these two parties, especially uh, in the last election, the Parti Québécois, really struggled to maintain um, a semblance of being able to to be a, a, a to become a party that could be elected, uh, or to, that can that, that could even uh, maintain its official opposition status. So it's a downward trend. Whether or not um, that trend can be reversed, that's. To my mind, it's highly improbable. I, I, I agree with my colleague that we are heading for major realignment, political realignment in Quebec, uh, along along left and right lines. But mind you, Quebec is a is a very peculiar part of North America. It is it is high, I would say it is very distinct in terms of of social policy and environment, and um, it's much more progressive. And I put that in bracket than many other jurisdictions out there. So even if, we, if we're looking at a right-wing party, as we, we kind of call CAC a right-wing party, but I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's disingenuous because they are probably to the left of the Democratic Party of the United States of America. So, so I wouldn't really apply a left-wing um, uh, grid uh, there in terms of uh, political analyst, uh, analysis. But is is it? It's more of that populist thing, is it not? I, yes, um, um, the the CAC has 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 played the populist card uh, in, during that election, uh, especially on identity, especially on on on, um, on immigration. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't suspect it will go very far in terms of what we're seeing in other. Uh, democracies like the UK or uh, or the United States of America, we're not talking this kind of really uh, uh, scary populism that we see in other jurisdictions. They they've only 
yeah, I, I, I'd like to hear my colleague on this. Uh, we we're, um, we uh, lost his line a bit. We're trying to get oh, him okay. back. Um, yeah. yeah, we had a little bit of difficulty there. We'll get to him. Uh, but to a certain extent, this has been happening around the country here in Ontario. We have Doug Ford as Premier. There yep. is Scott Moe, Pallister, Jason Kenney waiting in the wings. So is, is this just part of a, a bigger trend? It's tempting to say it that way, but I would, I would argue that it would be a mistake to equate uh, François Legault uh, the same uh, in the same uh, to put François Legault in the same camp that the other conservative leaders uh, in the rest of Canada. François Legault is a very middle of the road uh, Quebecer. Um, like a lot of Quebecers, he likes and he, he did say so in his speech, his victory speech la, uh, last night. He wants to be the, the the premier of all Quebecers, and and he was very sincere when you when you when we you, when when we heard him. It, 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 you know, he appeared very sincere. I think that's true. But uh, um, wasn't he referring to Anglo's <laughs> there? He was. He said. He said specifically. He said, "I will be your government." Um, so yeah, um, it, but he was also talking to the rest of the uh, of the of the Quebec population. He he, he will not be a divisive uh, leader. Uh, one thing that 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 really distinguishes him from the conservative leadership across Canada is that he will keep steering the province uh, uh, on climate change. That, that's, that there's a consensus in Quebec. There's never, climate change has never, ever been a wedge issue in our province. Every political formation, every political parties uh, uh, agree uh, uh, with, with doing something on climate change, even participating in the, in the Quebec California carbon market, something that Ontario has pulled out of. So lead, conservative leaders across Canada will not see um, in François Legault a kindred spirit. That, that's, that's, they'll, be, they'll be in for a big surprise. What about this focus on, on immigration and a French language test and a, a value test? What does he mean by a value test? That came up in the last federal election under Stephen Harper. It's true. Um, he, my understanding is that, um, and he was not alone. The PQ uh, also played uh, um, that game uh, too. But they are answering some form of cultural insecurity that a lot that that a lot of French-speaking voters in the province experience with, you know, um, uh, uh, level the levels of immigration that Quebec is welcoming year after year. So. Um, they're trying to make sure that the, 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 the fears of these, these voters, these electors, are kind of addressed. If they're not addressed, then it, you know, the, the, the fear on the other side is that if you don't address these kinds of fear, identity fears, others, other parties or other movement will pick up that fight and that could be uglier. So, what François Legault has put on the table is really to look into the levels of immigration. Is is fifty hundred thousand per year um, a good a good level? He thinks it's a little bit too high. He's not he's not saying that immigration should stop overnight. He's just saying that you know it it might go down a little bit. Make sure that immigrants that that comes to Quebec um, to work 
uh, do learn French before they come in, and uh, there's more services to make sure that the ones that are here uh, learn more French and so on and so forth. So I would, I, I, I would think these measures are are mild measures compared to to other, you know, drastic measures that that, that we can. Uh, that we can can think of in other jurisdictions, right? Uh, we have uh, Anthony Kosh back. Anthony, I'm glad to to uh, have you back. Uh, this line is much better than the first one. Uh, do you agree with Hugo that that uh, the CAX right is not uh, the kind of right wing populism we've been seeing uh, elsewhere in the country and elsewhere around the world? Do you agree with that? Absolutely, and I think what speaks to this is this is a perfect example of how Quebec politics sort of differs from the rest of the country. So like he was talking, I got the tail bit of there about his bit about immigration. Mr. Legault has been quite explicit that he's not anti-immigration. He just has issues with the way that people have been being integrated thus far. And even the reduction that he had proposed, he's actually saying that he wants that to be a temporary measure so they can make sure that integration is up to par, and then he'd be willing to revisit increasing it back up to 50000 somewhere down the line. But so, a lot of people uh, don't particularly want to integrate, and, uh, um, you know, as that's been a huge issue in Quebec beforehand. Um, I mean, I think it's getting, it's getting much, much better. I mean, a perfect example of that, I think Bill 101 has, has served its purpose. I mean, look at me. I'm an Italian, uh, I'm a descendant of Italian immigrants. I'm an Anglo-Quebecer, but I speak fluent uh, French. I consider myself a Quebec nationalist, which is something I think a lot of people would be very uh, hard-pressed to find. That doesn't mean, by the way, that I support an independent Quebec. It just means that I do believe that the Quebecois form a nation, that Quebec is a nation. I'd like for that nation to stay within Canada. But I still think that Quebecers should preserve their culture and that we should assert ourselves on the national scene. And again, uh, back to the immigration, uh, it, it's an issue. It's, a, it's an issue here as well. And was that sparked by the migrants or, uh, you know, at the time of the last election, there was that whole business that if you couldn't, uh, you know, wear religious symbols in a public uh, job, that was, uh, that was roundly defeated. You go. Yes, and it, the... Um this whole issue of um you know the value test or where you know the the wearing of veils for example or religious symbols uh has not played a big role or a role at all in this election it's as if it was considered like a like a bad dream uh, basically but it, he it is proposing a value test discussion. is he is proposing a value test is he not he is and he's been He's been awkward about it. He was confronted uh, in one of the debates um, uh, about it, and he he was not exactly sure what that what that meant. He basically w- would would he, the question that was asked uh, of him was was um, uh, would you would you fly an immigrant back to his home country or his or her home country if if that person does not pass the test? And then he was he was trapped. He was not going to say that he was going to ship back people. So, so yeah. I, I, again, I, I think these measures are, are really there to to try to address some cultural insecurities. But yep. in reality, I, I, I don't see François Legault doing anything very drastic. 
uh, along these lines, probably l- lowering a little bit the level of immigrants that Quebec welcomes every year, probably increasing um, uh, resources to uh, uh, to offer uh, French lessons, French courses to immigrants, uh, possibly also trying to increase quotas uh, of, of uh, people that already know French when they apply for um, yeah. for immigration in Quebec. And, um, Anthony, uh, I believe the Montreal Board of Trade just said uh, that Quebec needs more immigrants, not less. No, absolutely. So that's what I think is going to end up happening. I think this is a lot of electioneering on the part of Mr. Legault and the CAC. But they are a very pro-business party. You can see that they, like we said, they're, they're a little bit, I consider them fiscally conservative. But I think what's going to end up happening is now that they've actually taken power, they're going to sit down with the powers that be in the business community and they're going to say, okay, listen, we understand that you guys need to take certain positions in order to get elected, and that's fine. And if you want to pursue a pro-integration agenda, that's fine as well. But also understand that Quebec is facing a labor shortage, and we're going to have to do something to fix that. And as it stands, the best way to do that is by accepting more immigrants. But it is also interesting to note that the tax has basically offered an alternative to that sort of system. And what they're saying is, they're giving taxes, I believe, that amount to about $2,400 per family per child that you have. So they're trying to say that we should increase our population naturally through births as opposed to taking an immigrant. How successful that will be, I don't know. But on the whole, I do think they're going to soften their tone on this particular issue, and they're going to give way to the business community when they say that we do need more labor, more people in the labor force. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take a, a call from Bill. And, and Bill, if you've been listening, have they convinced you that Quebec is not going hard right, as you seem to think? <laughs> well, I don't know what scary populism is, you know. I think populism, isn't that what makes Amazon successful? And you stole my thunder, though, Libby. Absolutely. We've had enough of it, and we're going right. We're taking this back, and Trudeau is the driving factor of it. Uh, Well, let's ask uh, our guests who actually live there if if, (laughs) uh, Trudeau has anything to do with it. Uh, Bill, thanks for your call. Thanks. Um, I I don't think so. So Trudeau, not a factor. No, absolutely not. I mean, listen, uh, this was, you have to understand that there's very little, there's the crossover from Quebec politics to federal politics relative to other provinces is considerably diminished. You have to factor in here that the Quebec Liberals have been in office for at least, well, for 13 out of the last 15 years, mm. barring a brief period where the Parti Québécois took power for 18 months. This is mostly a case of people getting tired of seeing the same faces on TV over the course of the last 15 years. There's been a lot of unpopular policy decisions. This was about the Quebec Liberals and their own merits. It had very little to do with the federal government or Justin Trudeau. Uh-huh. And you go, do you, do you agree? And uh, are the Liberals in, tr- in trouble for the coming federal election? No, I totally agree with my colleague. Uh, the, it it, it, it's, it tells us nothing about um, the chances of the, uh, the Liberal Party of Canada in the, last le- in the next election in Quebec. The, the crossover, like, like my colleague says, the crossover between our politics in Quebec and and the federal and politics at the federal level is not uh, is not direct. That's for sure, and um, it, and it's really internal reasons and domestic reasons that that ousted uh, the Liberal Party of Quebec, not 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 because people wanted to. Um, to take a shot at Justin Trudeau. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, here we had uh, a very um, long-in-the-tooth liberal government, and people wanted change, and that was the big driver mm. of the election. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say... 
I don't. It's hard to say if if uh, Justin Trudeau is in trouble here in Ontario. Probably he hasn't been well, doing well lately. But but there's a difference though. Like Kathleen Wynne was an explicit ally to Justin Trudeau and his agenda. She went out to stump for him during the last federal election, and ideologically, her regime was very very close to what the federal liberals. I mean, you look at Justin Trudeau's senior advisors and Gary Butts and Katie Telford. They were both creatures of the Dalton McGuinty Kathleen Wynne government. So I think there's much more of a direct like correlation between those two in Ontario than exists in, in, in Quebec. Like I said before, the Quebec Liberals, yes, are there a lot of federal Liberals who fill their ranks without a shadow of a doubt? But you also find federal New Democrats and federal Conservatives because the primary rallying cry of the Quebec Liberal Party, and it's going to change now as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that they are the Federalist Party in Canada. So if you support federalism, then you're going to vote for the PLQ by and large. So that direct link that exists in Ontario does not exist in Quebec. Maybe it'll develop, but as it stands, and as far as it applies to this particular election, that was not the case. Hmm. Now, what about Quebec Solidaire? Uh, it's a new party, and it's very left-wing and sovereigntist, correct? That's true, and, and I wouldn't say it's a new party. It's, a, it's a, certainly a party that won last night. Um, they, they, they wanted to be more than a marginal uh, political formation, and they, they, they really succeeded. So there's two clear winners uh, last night, and Quebec Solidaire is really one of the two winners. Um, they, ha- they are a, 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 a left-wing progressive pro-environment uh, anti inequality party that's for sure uh, they they're kind of they're also like a, a a very strong breath of fresh air in our policy and in our politics uh that was you know that has been really like very very center with some some center left and some center right uh, um, in the context of quebec politics and th- this is a really a party that wants Substantial change in how um, uh, Quebec, uh, the Quebec government approaches. Uh oh. Yeah. So Are I think uh, I think we've lost uh, Anthony again. So please go ahead. I no, don't know no, what's no. with that phone. Well, <laughs> interesting with Quebec City now. They they won last night. They went to ten seats. They had three, and they they, they now have ten uh, more than the PQ. Um, they're they're very um, uh, transformative in terms of party. Uh, what they they really want uh, a changes in the way the government um, uh, structures its relations with businesses. Uh, they want more uh, social programs. That's for sure. They want more taxes on on, on companies on, on people that are you know the high bracket people. Uh, they are really a, a, a left-wing force uh, that, that that gets a lot of support out of younger generations, and this is this is this is really interesting to 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 see and to and to follow for the next years. They, they might be game changers in the in the next few in the, the near future. Uh huh. Do you see millennials taking the province back very left? Well, millions, I don't know, but younger generations, uh, um, uh, younger uh, from 18 to 30, they made up a third of the electorate this this election. That is a third of the electorate, or they actually voted, or just no? Well, I don't know. Eligible to vote. I, I, I'm still looking for um, the um, from that uh, to to make to to know where who voted and who did not vote last night. But one third of the voters last night were the younger generations. 
uh, and they are definitely different from the generations they are re- slowly replacing. Their sovereignty is not high on their agenda, even though for some of them, even uh, you know, especially uh, uh, on, uh, in Quebec City, there this this radical radical. I, I'm not using radical as a as a bad sense. I mean radical, you know, because they want to go to the roots of things. Um, uh, you know, the, the, these people attracted to Quebec City are also attracted by the, the sovereignist aspect of it. Um, uh, they they won around 14% of the popular vote last night. Uh, they are a party that, that, that will probably grow uh, uh, in the next election cycles. I don't know how far they'll grow. Uh, but it's certainly something to um, uh, to pay attention to. And and finally, do you think this this party? I mean, here in Ontario, there are certain things that kind of uh, twig or trigger people. You know, when they the the cost uh, the the very cheap daycare things like that in Quebec. Do you see any of that being taken away or trimmed back or not? You think, you, you, you're asking if if I can foresee. Uh, social programs being cut yes. uh, by the CAC. No, I don't foresee that at all. Uh, actually, it, it was it was fun, fun to see. Um, uh, uh, political parties were fighting over the budgetary surpluses that were created by the Liberal Party, uh, the Quebec Liberal Party, and the fight was not whether or not that money should return to the voters or the citizens' pockets, but the fight was on how we wanted to reinvest in social programs. So, I, I, and I agree with my colleague, uh, Quebec politics is really distinct uh, uh, to, uh, you know, compared to politics in the rest of the continent. Uh, Quebec is, likes its social programs. It, they would like to pay less for the social programs, but they love the social programs. And also, they, they, they are really engaged environmentally, especially on climate change. So, to go back to your first questions of this interview, um, the conservative leadership uh, uh, across Canada will uh, will make a big mistake to think that François Legault is one of them, especially on climate change and, and environmental policies. Okay, that's very interesting. It's been fascinating. Hugo Seguin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, goodbye to uh, Anthony Kosh as well. We had a lot of trouble with his phone line. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.